Super dope. Hey, what's up? Real quick. So a few things. Uh, if the mic still sounds weird, it's because I'm still recording in different circumstances. That's one. Two, throughout this episode, several times, I reference the Dragon Ball Super Rocho happening on June 11th. And for whatever reason, when I recorded this a few nights ago at like one in the morning, I was not connecting that that's the release day of the movie. Still entirely possible we get some new marketing material on that day, but I speak about it as if that is not also the release day of the movie. So just wanted to clear that up. I thought about trying to edit that stuff out, but just easier to do this instead. Uh, real quick, though, if you don't listen to anything past this, okay, that's fine. Fuck you, too. But nine days to the movie now. We're going to hear a lot of shit over the next week about stuff being spoiled for this movie. And I will ask you to keep in mind the people who are putting that out. Where are they getting that stuff from? Is it legitimate? And will it matter in nine short days? Because we'll be so mind-blown by what actually comes out of the movie. Maybe not mind-blown. You know what I mean. We'll be busy digesting that. That most of us will forget about all the crazy shit being said over the last few days. Maybe I'll live to eat these words, and all of these things will turn out to be true. And there will be a cell max. <sighs> Could happen. I, I just don't think it will. So just like keep that in the back of your brain. If you don't listen to anything else beyond that uh, in this podcast episode, who is going to benefit from the additional eyes on a tweet or a YouTube video or whatever? And do they have some skin in the game in, in terms of monetary compensation? Okay, just keep that in the back of your brain. Movie will be out soon. If you are fortunate enough to catch a leak of it or whatever, send it my way. Uh, but also, I hope we all enjoy it. I imagine it'll be some time until most of us are able to see it. But uh, if you are one of those lucky few, enjoy it. I'll talk to you soon. Super dope. Welcome to Dragon Ball Super Dope. My name is Kyle. Thank you for checking this out. No episode last week. Sorry about that. Not a ton to talk about and also just a busy week, but there's been a ton of Dragon Ball Super superhero news that has come out in the last few days that I wanted to catch you up on quickly. Uh, hopefully quickly. We'll see how, how passionate I get about things because the more I thought about doing this episode, like the more I checked out Twitter and you guys know what happens when I check out Twitter. I just get, you know, vehemently angry. <laughs> uh, but there was a lot of different news. I think the news that I considered turning the mic on for last week was something everybody was very excited about, that Akira Toriyama interview uh, where he was quoted as saying, Gohan is the strongest character. We'll talk about that in just a minute. But also there was a lot of new visuals that came out from a couple of Dragon Ball Super superhero uh, TV spots with just quick cuts from the movie, but obviously doing what we do, we all, you know, super overanalyze them and try to pick out what we can from those little clues visually to hope us uh, to hopefully give us some sort of insight as to what the plot of the movie will be. So I want to break some of those down quickly. 
but also uh, just a couple of hours before uh, I hit record on this. I'm recording this late on Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, technically, I guess. The soundtrack the for the movie, Dragon Ball Super Superhero, like the more I say it, the more I'm like likely to embrace it, right? Uh, the soundtrack titles, so the titles of the songs for the movie soundtrack, having a tough time saying it for whatever reason, the names of those songs were released. So I want to read you those names, and, you know, you can typically draw some plot points away from the titles of songs on a soundtrack for a film. I think famously, like, Star Wars Episode One, like, ruined the fact that Qui-Gon Jinn dies at the end of the movie because they released the soundtrack, like, three weeks earlier than the movie came out, you know? So you can definitely take away some uh, ideas on what the plot will be, and uh, I want to address those as well. But at the end, we'll take some questions that I got on, on Instagram. Uh, not a ton, because one, I'm very poor at planning. I should have put that out earlier. Two, I just not feeling the community interaction lately. And that's not trying to you know downplay any of our regulars in the Discord. You guys know who you are. I talk to you guys all the time, but just not hearing from everybody these days. And I don't know if that's a me thing or if that's just you're an upset with Dragon Ball thing. but. Uh, maybe we'll make this Instagram question thing happen a little bit more frequently and we can get a little bit more participation is all I'm saying. So let's start with the Akira Toriyama interview wherein he claims Gohan, the strongest Dragon Ball character of all fucking time, right? Let me read it to you actually. Let me read you the quote because, you know, as sensationalist media types do who want nothing more than clicks on their website, they didn't quite give the full quote. Yeah, I'll read it to you. The question is, what was your aim in featuring Gohan, Piccolo, and the Red Ribbon Army? All right, very open-ended question. Why are you featuring these characters? Gohan is actually stronger than anyone. Dot, dot, dot. Or so it said. <laughs> Literally. Or so it said. With three fucking words after that statement. He totally negates the statement. Classic Akira Toriyama, but also classic Dragon Ball fans in that we, we can't read, man. <laughs> we can't read, apparently. We read what we want to read. Uh, he then goes on to say, uh, let's see, Gohan is actually stronger than anyone, or so it said, but lately he hasn't really gotten a chance to shine. In order to motivate Gohan, it takes his revered teacher Piccolo rather than his father Goku. Okay. <laughs> are we done with that like i thought about making an episode about literally just that quote last week but is it really worth that i didn't think so gohan's not the strongest he says it's believed he's the strongest or so it's said or so it's said yeah that's the end of it i guess you know if gohan had kept up with his training sure maybe you guys could say something like that but he's very 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 clearly so fucking clearly <laughs> Not the strongest character in Dragon Ball. And the fact that, like, even beyond Vegeta and Goku, who he's clearly not stronger than, you still have other people like Beerus and Whis. So, like, the Grand Priest, Zeno, obviously. I think I'm just taking the Gohan is the strongest statement to the logical extreme, or illogical extreme, maybe. But even still, dude, he's not stronger than Goku and Vegeta. Get the fuck out of here. 
If you wanted to say during the Buu Saga, he was the strongest unfused Z fighter, stronger than uh, Goku, stronger than Vegeta. Sure. Yes. Factual. Accurate, I would say. Wasn't stronger than Vegeta, though. <laughs> well, either way, I just uh, I wanted to address that one just real quick because it had a lot of people like really souped. And don't get me wrong, this will be a Gohan movie, but if you think at the end of this movie somehow Gohan is going to supersede Goku as, you know, the main character and or strongest character in the show, I'm, I'm sorry, dude. I've got some terrible news for you. That's not going to be the thing that happens. So stop it. Uh, so some of the stills that came out for Dragon Ball Super Superhero, right? It's like, what, the fifth time I've said it? Am I committing to it in my brain, in my conscious, my consciousness, in my conscience? Because in my conscience knows it's a stupid fucking name. But, you know, maybe if I say it enough, my conscience will absolve me of feeling dumb every time I get excited to see it. And I'll tell you one reason I'm excited to see it. Bulma's big fat ass. That's right. In some of these key visuals we got for some, from some television spots over the last few days. If you listen to this show, I know you've seen it. Uh, there is a shot of Bulma side profile sticking her ass uh, out and up. And it's caked up, man. Pretty thick. Got all these weebs horny as fuck. Like, more horny than usual. Which is quite remarkable, because y'all are pretty horny. So, while everyone is definitely distracted by her ass, there is one thing that we can take away from this scene, in that she's clearly flexing her ass during the summoning of Shenron. I've seen some memes where it's like, oh, she, you know, I think it was exclu DBZ exclusives, probably, that fuck... He was like, hey, she wishes for a Brazilian butt lift. But here's the thing that he took away that I haven't seen many other people take away, is that the lighting in that scene, it's outside of the Capitol Court building. It's very clearly dark at night, but there's a, a, like a yellow kind of glow to everything around them. What's that mean, man? Shenron. Where do we summon Shenron? The front yard at Capsule Court. So I guess we'll probably talk about Shenron a little bit more. When I do the soundtrack listing, because spoiler, there is a soundtrack uh, song, uh, a song in the movie. How the fuck do I say that? I'm a musician. I should know. I don't though. Uh, there is a song in the movie called Shenron, so uh, we'll talk about Shenron again. But I just think it's worth pointing out. While thick ass Bulma is showing off her cakes, they're asking for Shenron uh, to grant them some sort of wish, and we'll speculate on that wish in a bit. Another big takeaway from these visuals, and it kind of goes hand in hand with something I'm going to talk about in a minute. My good friends over at DBS Chronicles, somebody I both simultaneously respect and fucking hate at the same time, they said something. Th th there's a visual of Beerus and Shilai sort of looking at each other, and that's no surprise to me in my brain, right? Because we know Broly goes to Beerus' planet. We've had, we've had visual confirmation of that for a long time. Who comes along with Broly? Obviously his crew of Limo and Shilai from the last movie. And we saw in the promo promotional photos from a few weeks ago, or about a month ago now, that Limo is carrying a frying pan and Shilai is carrying what a few people thought was a baby. 
it's not a baby. It looks like a sack of potatoes almost. Some sort of food is in there, uh, guaranteed. And I was like, oh, all right, Broly's going to be training with the boys. That'll keep them off planet with Beerus and Whis, so that way Gohan and Piccolo can take care of things on Earth. We'll go check in with them periodically throughout the film. But because Broly's there in the background, Sheila and Lima will be there. If they're going to be there, they have to pull some sort of weight because Beerus is just that kind of dude. Given the frying pan and the sack of potatoes, I imagine they'll be cooking some food. Duh. <laughs> right? But my boy DBS uh, Chronicles has sort of given a spoiler in that. I, and here's the thing. like I'm not even sure where he gets it from. Now, I'll, again, I'll talk about this a little bit more in depth in a minute, but it sounds like he read it somewhere, <laughs> but I haven't seen where he's read this. So I'm not sure, but basically what he says is Beerus makes a comment in the movie about how cute Chilai is and that she can stick around however long she wants. And in my brain, I'm like, yeah, that tracks with the story that I'm already setting up in my head 100%. She's cooking food. She's got a big fat green ass. Good for her. But I'm like, we're, I don't know. Like, I'm not as vigilant as I have been with Dragon Ball News in the last few months, probably the last half year to a year, because I'm just genuinely disengaged from what's going on in the story. The only reason I stay engaged is because of the podcast. Duh. Oh, man. Imagine if I became that fucking fan. Wow. Let's think about that multiverse shit for a minute. A world in which I don't have super dope. And I just decided, like, this is fucking lame. I'll catch up at some point. And I just stopped checking in on Dragon Ball. I'm trying to think about that universe. And then I think about myself on around the 20th of each month. And what happens at noon on that day when the chapter drops. And I read it within four fucking minutes of it dropping because I cannot wait because I need to know immediately. Yeah, I can't think about a universe in which I don't love Dragon Ball, even if I do get frustrated with it sometimes. Either way, that was a little bit of a tangent I did not mean to go off on. I think I was talking about exclusives, Chilai, Beerus. Yeah, I'm not sure where and he got that I'm not sure where he got that quote from. But it kind of lends itself to the idea that maybe he's got a leak and the leak will come back. He's gonna come back again in this episode. Uh, the One of the last um, sort of things that was a, a visual cue that mo- people were sort of talking about in this, uh, in this movie or from the television spots for this movie the last few days, we do see Frieza very, very quickly in one of these shots. And uh, at least a few people were like, oh, no, Frieza's in this movie too. Wow, there's so many, mo- there's so many characters in this movie. What the? But, I mean, it takes two seconds to... Pause that shot. You can see that the background that Frieza, in which he's standing, it's like a general outer space effect. (laughs) So what I imagine is like Broly, Vegeta, and Goku will all be on Beerus' planet. And Goku will be like, hey, Broly, it's so cool that you're here hanging out and training with us. Wasn't it wild that like three months ago or whatever the time period, you know, is uh, ends up being. Isn't it wild that three months ago that that dummy Frieza had you trying to kill us? And then, like, there's a little cut to a a visual of Frieza. Like, that's it. 
that's it. That's all that it is. <laughs> it's just a reference of Frieza. But they sneak that into some marketing material, and it has people like you and me talking about it, right? So, who's the real fucking loser here? Well, I guess it's... Well, I guess it's me. Yeah, it's me. Yeah, it's me. Because if it worked on, like, a normie uh, Dragon Ball fan that doesn't overthink about this shit or overanalyze this shit, mission accomplished, right? But because it's me explaining it to you, and I have to break down not only what it is, draw attention to it, and then break down why they did it and why I think it might be effective. I mean, I've spent like four times the amount of time, four times the amount of time, more like 20 times the amount of time that it took to throw them in, uh, them being Frieza, into that quick little shot. So I guess I'm the idiot. I'm doing the marketing here for Toei, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's the case. Um, another thing that was talked about the last day or two, and again, confirmed by our friend DBS Chron Chronicles, I don't know if I can say confirmed, but put out there by DBS Chronicles, it's mostly a no shit thing to me, but he tags one thing on the end of it that makes me say, oh, wait a minute, what? And, and what he said was the trio, meaning Goku, Vegeta, and Broly, the Saiyan trio, they will be off-world for the entire film. Which uh, I was like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> yeah. You're going to tell me it's fucking it's nice out today? I already know it's 75 degrees outside the window. You know what I mean? Like, okay, we know they're going to be off-world. But then he follows it up with, and there will be no transformations. Which... I mean, isn't a big deal to me personally. I don't give a fuck if I see any of these clowns transform into Super Saiyan, Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan Blue, on down the line. I don't give a, I don't give a fuck. But I just thought it was an interesting sort of addition to the comment. Like, that's, it's very specific. And I guess if you don't think about it too, like maybe we see them so little that you know, there's no time for them to transform. We just get quick little cuts in between from their training and the battle between the main plot going on on Earth, Gohan Piccolo and the Red Ribbon Army. But I can very easily envision a scene where Gohan's like, oh man, I really wish my dad was here. He'd know what to do or how to handle these bad guys. And then it cuts back to Beerus' planet and Goku's like powering up into Super Saiyan Blue, like Masago Nozawa scream, yeah! And then, and then a blue fucking transformation comes out and he punches Broly in the mouth and he says, you sit down, bitch. You still have a lot to learn. Make a girl, make me some potatoes or whatever. And then Beers tries to lay claims to those potatoes. But to say that there are no transformations in, amongst those trios, you know, oddly specific. And it makes me wonder if there's some sort of, again, some sort of leak to that person, which I guess sort of brings me to the main point or the main piece of conversation I've seen over the last 12 to 24 hours in regards to, again, our boy, DBS Chronicles, who I didn't want to name at the beginning of the episode, but I've obviously resigned myself to naming him. Like I said, they put out a lot of reliable, good information, solid translations, everything. But every once in a while, they do some real chucklehead shit where, you know, they basically boost the signal of somebody with, you know, a really uh, convincing screenshot that confuses half of the fandom and, you know, their comedy meter is so through the goddamn roof that you can't tell when they're trolling or not. And I kind of get that vibe on some of these 
not spoilers that they've released, not that. They, they keep hinting that they're going to release spoilers very soon. And they do it by, like, uh, they, they do it in a way where they sort of allude to what the spoiler would be. And in this case, it's the word perfect. That's the word that they capitalize in their tweet before they tease that they have a big scoop that they will be dropping in the next few days. I have the perfect, all in caps, perfect, scoop that I will be dropping on Wednesday or Thursday once this is confirmed. Is basically what it is. And everyone obviously draws the speculation to sell. And in this movie's uh, previews to this point, we are led to believe that there is some sort of ultimate big bad evil at the end of it being, I don't know, made in a machine. <laughs> and that that machine will eventually blow up. And who's in that machine? Who's the ultimate evil at the end of the road here? And the idea of cells has been tossed out since, I don't know, the fucking beginning beginning like since since people have you know confirmed that the red ribbon army would be involved with those first visuals and it's just very i don't know it's it's odd to me man like so much of what dragon ball does in terms of its marketing is is it spoils like 70 percent of the fucking thing for you and it makes you show up for the last 30 percent and that last 30 percent usually has something pretty cool but Nothing that you wouldn't have been able to predict <laughs> based on the previous 70% that they already gave you. And I've seen some people compare the marketing to this movie to the marketing for the Broly film. I certainly didn't feel this way, but for the marketing of the Broly film, a lot of people thought that they gave away entirely too much about what the movie was and what the scenes were and what the plot was. I didn't feel that way. I'll get back to Broly in a minute, I'm sure. But with this movie, it's like, why would they change the marketing style for everything they do? Anime episodes, manga chapters, the last few movies. Like, why would they change the marketing style of what they do to be able to fit a Western audience's expectation of what hype should be for a Dragon Ball movie. This movie's going to do just fucking fine in Japan, regardless of you guys having wanted, you know, a few more trailers over the last six months. And they know that. I, I don't, I, I, and I say that as a way to say, like, I don't think they're holding back anything really in this marketing outside of maybe what Gohan's final transformation looks like. We won't know what the final conflict looks like. I suppose there's still this machine that's incubating some kind of ultimate evil, but there was a shot in one of these TV spots today where there clearly was just a big explosion. Pan is okay. And she rushes and tackles Gohan for a big hug, which I imagine has to be the end of the movie. I don't think... That machine that's incubating the ultimate evil or whatever. I don't think anything ultimately comes out of that machine. <laughs> I don't know, man. I could be wrong, but I could see that machine being like some, like that being like the nuclear bomb of, uh, of this world. And uh, some, when Dr. Hito in one of those trailer clips 
you know, he has a, a visual reaction of freaking out like, oh shit, this thing's about to blow. It's not because some ultimate evil villain he made is about to uh, come out of it. I think it's because it's about to like explode. And then that gives the opportunity to maybe one of one or both of the androids, the gamma androids, gamma androids. So fucking annoying. Either way, it gives the opportunity for them to actually become a superhero and save the day in some such way. I just, if Cell was in this movie, there's almost no fucking way they wouldn't have already put him in the marketing material. And I know people felt like they spoiled the surprise of Broly pretty late in the process. I don't personally feel that way. I don't feel that way at all. Uh, But I guess if we were to look at the timetable, oh, maybe not even then, because that was a fucked up timetable. I'm thinking back to when the Broly movie released and that first 15-second teaser trailer we got, which was a taste of the new animation, the Shintani style. And we saw some ultimate Super Saiyan power-up, but we didn't know it was Broly. We all thought it was Yamoshi back then. And then, like... I don't know, three or four, four or five months later, so around April or May of that year, it was revealed that it was Broly. I remember that day. I remember doing the podcast because I was saying for months, I'm like, it's not Broly, guys. Shut the fuck up. Don't waste my time with that. And I realized and what I'm doing right now, I could be setting myself up for the exact same type of moment. Maybe with even in the next couple of days, we could have confirmation of Cell in this movie. Something just tells me that if they were going to include him in the movie, the marketing material that would have teased Cell probably would have come out by now. I think. I just... Like, when that Broly info came out, it was around, I don't know, April or May, and then the movie came out at the end of December, January in America. Like, they gave it to us very early, and I kind of agree in that respect, I guess. There was a long stretch of time, but we're so close to the movie's release in Japan. Even then, like, we expected this movie, without that Toei hack in March, we expected this movie to come out in April. It's now, what, six, eight weeks later than the expected release date, now into June? It just... I. I feel like if we were going to see Cell in this movie, they would have already shown him in the marketing materials. I, I yeah. So I, I don't know. Like, I wouldn't be against seeing Cell. I could also see the threat of like a new Cell or like whatever, a revived mega sort of super transformation Cell who absorbs the gamma androids and he's like truly the unstoppable android, you know? I could see that threat being what is in that machine. And that's like sort of the crux of the film. Like we got to destroy it or we got to, you know, subdue it before it's destroyed, before it explodes, whatever. I could see that being the film and Cell being tied to it that way. That makes all the sense in the world. But I just, I don't think Cell's, I don't think Cell's hopping out of that machine. So, yeah. Uh, I guess we'll see if I'm wrong. Uh, the Dragon Ball Super Roadshow happens on June 11th, which is about 10 days from now. Uh, we are expected to get another uh, sort of trailer, updated visuals. But my boy DBS exclusives, uh, either Wednesday, which, you know, if you're hearing this, it's probably today. Uh, unless I released this to the public on Thursday and gave you the Patreon cut early on 
the Wednesday, and in which case, thank you, patrons. I love you guys. But you could be listening to this thinking like, this fucking should put out this whole ass podcast and Cell just dropped in a new trailer. I guess that could happen. I just, I don't think it will. <laughs> anyway, I'll be right back. Uh, we're going to look at what the Dragon Ball Super Superhero, that's like the seventh time I've said it. Oh, shit. Seventh time, seven Dragon Balls, making a wish that I accept this movie's name. What it is, dumb as fuck. When we come back, the Dragon Ball Super Superhero soundtrack listing. And by that, I mean the names of the songs. Now I come to you with this song about podcasting. Hey, what's up? Don't you want a podcast? You should go ahead and make a podcast. Hey, what's up? Don't you like to podcast now? Dun, 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 dun. Hey, what's up? Go and use Libsyn. That is a podcast distribution website that I am affiliated with. Go to Libsyn.com. Sign up using my promo code Kyle. That's K-Y-L-E. And get up to, I think, a month free. That kind of rhymes and goes with my song. Don't you want a podcast? If you do, sing along. Hey, what's up? Don't you want a podcast? I just made all of this bullshit up. What's up? Go and use my podcast code. Libsyn.com slash. I don't know. Sign up or some shit. Just go to Libsyn.com. Click the sign up button and use my promo code Kyle for up to. Is it two free months? Two free months. It's something. Go figure it out. Libsyn.com. Promo code Kyle. What's up? Y'all like that ad? So let's take a look at the names of the songs on the Dragon Ball Super Superhero musical soundtrack. It's not a musical, you know what I'm saying, the score. All right, bud? Uh, This is 23 tracks long, okay? So here's what I think I'll do. I'm going to list all 23 titles in succession, like in a row, and then I'll go back, and because you can sort of like draw um, inferences from like what the names of these songs are, I think I'm going to go through each song and try to give you what I think will happen briefly, and like an outline of the plot. So if the title of this episode is something like Dragon Ball Super Superhero Plot Synopsis, Bitch, you can't say I'm lying, because I'm giving you what I think the plot synopsis will be. So, let's do the titles real quick. One, Avant Title. I hope I'm saying that name right. Avant, A-V-A-N-T. That word. We're off to a good start. Number two, Dr. Hito. Number three, Heroes Q. Not Hito's Q, Heroes Q. Number four, Piccolo and Pan. Number five, the Gamma Androids. Number six, Red Ribbon Army. Seven, Beerus's Planet Garden. Eight, Beerus and Chile. Nine, Shenron. Ten, Advice. Eleven, Gohan versus the Gammas. Twelve, Awakening. Thirteen, The Evil Organization. 14. Orange Glow. Oh boy. 15. 
Magenta's Rampage. 16. The Deadliest of All Activates. 17. Gamma 2's Resolve. 18. Mysterious Light Rays. 19. Preparedness. 20. Fight to Death. 21. Climax. 22. Towards Tomorrow. 23. Super Hero. So those are the 23 names of the songs. Uh, one of the biggest takeaways people are sort of uh, wondering about slash maybe upset about are there seems to be no clear indicator as to like some sort of title song for this movie. Now, number 23 is a song called Superhero, but that's not like it's meant to be. It doesn't seem like it's meant to be like, um, you know, the the vocal leading single of the movie. Like uh, the Beerus movie, Battle of Gods, had the flow version of Chala Hechala. Uh, Fukatsu no F had, um, you know, the... Da, 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 the song that we sing on the song all the time. Freeze a freeze a free. We sing that song on the pod all the time. Uh, and then the last one had the Blizzard song, which I wasn't a big fan of personally, but I know a lot of people do like. So a lot of people were wondering what the lead single from this movie could be, and it there's no clear indicator if number twenty three is is that. Uh, some people have dug around and looked at what the soundtrack uh, credits look like, and it looks like there's no major notable vocalist, uh, you know, put on one of these songs in particular. So there, there could be, you know, when we look at the, the, the Dragon Ball Super Roadshow on June 11th, could be that. That'd be a cool way to give us some new footage of the movie, give us a fucking music video, right? But Let's go through each of these uh, title names and give you at least what I think could happen. A lot of these would be like no shit Sherlock's, but I swear there's probably some good nuggets in between. Um, so title, Avant title. I imagine that's the opening credits of the film. Okay. We'll probably then go to track two, which is called Dr. Hito. Dr. Hito, we know is that dude in the little fat suit. Uh, he likes superheroes, I guess. That's cool. He's got yellow gloves. He's got, like, real Mineta vibes, now that I'm thinking about it. Purple bodysuit, yellow gloves. Am I just projecting Mineta onto him? That could be it. But I imagine he'll be doing some evil shit in his lab to open up the film to kind of give us a, uh, an idea of where the plot will go. Uh, number three, Hero's Q. Hero's Q, I mean, the Q to what? To activate? To go off into action? If that's the case, then I imagine uh, it'll be Gamma 1 and Gamma 2 activating, uh, going into track number 4, Piccolo and Pan. We'll probably then cut over from our main antagonist of the film to Piccolo hanging out, slash training, Pan, babysitter a little bit maybe, but I hope he's training her. He should be training her. We do see Pan drop some red ribbon, uh, you know, meat shield fodder motherfuckers in, in the... Uh, in the pre in in the preview, so I would hope that she's getting trained by uh, Grandpa Piccolo. Uh, track five, the Gamma Androids. So I assume that's when they kind of crash the Piccolo and Pan party and attack Piccolo, which has been a staple since the very early trailers of this movie. Uh, number six, Red Ribbon Army. So 
They attack Piccolo. I assume they're attacking him to take Pan. They'll probably take Pan away, and then we will get uh, some sort of scene within the Red Ribbon Army uh, headquarters and give us a little bit more insight as to what the ultimate plot is, hopefully. And then track seven, Beerus's Planet Garden. Appropriate because I'm sure we start the movie with the villain, then we go to Piccolo and Pan. Like, who gives a shit? I'm wondering, where's Goku? So we flash over to what Goku, Vegeta, and Broly are doing. Uh, we know that from the previews. So Seven is Beerus's Planet Garden. We're going to jump over to there for a minute. Uh, and then Beerus and Chell... This is pronounced... This one's reads Chelye. And I always say Chelye. I, I don't think I know how to say her name. Chelye? Chile? I say Chile. But isn't that the name of a country? Is that what I'm doing right now? You know, my life's annoying sometimes, and right now, it's one of those times. Uh, that'll be number eight, so that'll probably give a little bit more insight as to what that DBS exclusive spoiler was about. I mean, it's another one of those things where it's like, the thing that he's saying, we can kind of all imagine is going to happen because of an already confirmed thing. Like, that's so much of what these guys do on these Twitter and YouTube channels, you know. It's like they take a confirmed thing and then go from that confirmed thing and take a couple of logical steps. And then they sort of try to tout it as like it's a spoiler or they have an inside scoop or something. I don't know. It just makes it makes me mad. Like what what is the incentive for them to give you an inside scoop? They could lose their job. That's the incentive for them. Is it because they get to develop a relationship with you, a very prominent YouTube and or Twitter account? Is that what the incentive is? They're going to risk their job working on, you know, working with Toei Animation on this movie because they want to give you a YouTube scoop? Why? Is it, do you, do you give them money? Which I guess it's fine, like if you're paying for scoops, but. I don't know. You're paying for scoops. Which again, I don't even see as a realistic possibility here because why would they risk their very secure firm job to give you a couple of hundred thousand YouTube views or like a thousand tweet, or, you know, retweets or whatever? Like, I don't know. Well, even if you do pay them, is that, is that still a scoop? <laughs> And, and my favorite thing that they hide behind is like, I can't confirm because I don't want to ruin my thing for my people. And it's like, I'm being vague on purpose. Oh, you're being vague on purpose. Okay. You're being vague on purpose. Why don't you just do us all the favor next time and don't tweet anything at all? But no, that wouldn't, you know, fit in with the game plan here, which is to get as many clicks, retweets, likes as possible. So even if you have to embellish take a thing that's already been confirmed, graduated up a couple of steps to a very logical, perhaps, conclusion. Like you saw, perhaps, track eight, Beerus and, and Chelier. Chelier? God, I hate the way that you have to say that. You, you saw that track name and you were like, oh, Beerus likes her. Yeah? That's your scoop, bro? <laughs> but you can't get more specific than that? Although he did. I guess I said that earlier, huh? So she's cute. She can stick around. 
I don't know, maybe it was from an interview I didn't see. Uh, it doesn't really matter to me. I just, I don't know. I think those people embellish what they know because I don't see literally any benefit at all for anybody to leak them anything. And even in the world where they are paying for this information, it's like, are you a journalist? Quote unquote, an anime journalist? <laughs> or are you a rich kid with a Twitter account? You know what I mean? Track nine is called Shenron. And we'll get back to Shenron in the Instagram section uh, part of this episode. But Shenron is obviously summoned and perhaps he gives Bulma a big old Brazilian butt lift. But in reality, I think that uh, Pan gets captured. They don't know where she is. So they have to, how do they find the shit out on the fly when they really need to know and don't have another way? They either go to Bulma or go to Shenron. I think that's what Shenron's going to do in this movie. Uh, 10, advice. I don't know. I could see advice either coming from Goku or Bulma. I think either would be appropriate, but I imagine it'll be advice to Gohan before he ventures off to go fight or, you know, the the Gamma androids or try to rescue Pan, whatever you want to look at it as. So track 10 called advice. I, if it comes from Goku or Bulma, I'll be, uh, be very satisfied i could see a situation where like he's trying to contact his dad for advice and he's like i'm busy fuck off and bulma's like well i've known your dad for like 40 years so <laughs> i'll step in and be surrogate you know step parent here or whatever uh track 11 gohan versus the gamas which i, I think is the it's, it's a it's a scene that's been featured in the trailers a lot it's definitely during the day all right so i i point that out because i will Come back to the day versus night fights in a minute. Uh, 12, Awakening. I don't know what Awakening could be. I don't imagine, again, there's 23 tracks. We're at track 12 right now. I don't imagine Gohan's big transformation slash Awakening will come midway through the film. But I could see Piccolo's big transformation coming halfway through the film. And this being his awakening or whatever. We'll see. Could be an awakening of the Gamma's powers too. Like the Gamma androids could have some sort of awakening ability as well, right? 13, the evil organization. That's the Red Ribbon Army, right? They're pretty evil as fuck. Uh, I don't know. That'll probably maybe give us a little bit more insight to what they have in the machine at that point. Maybe, you know, what... Gamma 1 and Gamma 2 are ultimately meant to do. And like I said, it would be... I could see Cell, the threat of Cell, really, being the looming thing in the background of this film. But it's just been so Gamma 1, Gamma 2, Gohan Piccolo focused that if they threw Cell in at the end here, I just... It, it wouldn't feel very Dragon Ball to me, but the threat of reviving a new cell and getting these two gamma androids into him instead, as opposed to 17 and 18 and him becoming some sort of ultra perfect cell. And then at the end that's thwarted and the machine's destroyed or there's an explosion or whatever. I could see that, <laughs> uh, but maybe 13, the evil organization, that track will, will give us a little bit more insight into what their ultimate goal is. 14 has got to be the most interesting title name to me because I don't really know what to make of it. It's called Orange Glow. Gohan wears uh, orange sometimes, except not in this movie. He wears purple. So, 
something else glow orange? Does Piccolo's new transformation seem kind of orange? I think it seems kind of Super Saiyan yellow goldish, so that's not it. Some people think that the orange glow could be indicative of a Gohan transformation. Uh, maybe. I think it's more likely that the orange glow is, like, the evil bad. <laughs> the big thing that will be threatened, but I don't think we'll ultimately see. Maybe, like, it gives off that power, and that's how... Like, keep in mind, dude, 23 songs, they're not all gonna be, like, a minute or two. Some of them will be, like, literally 20 seconds. I could picture Orange Glow being like a quick shot over to the machine that we all know is going to explode at some point in this movie based on the trailers. And it's given off an Orange Glow. I could picture that real easy. Uh, 15. Magenta's Rampage. So Magenta is the stand-in for, what is it, Commander Red? General Red? Commander Red, I think. He's the stand-in for him. He's going to go on a Rampage... Okay. What does that mean? You're going to activate the ul the ultra secret special super plan? A lot of S's. That might be the thing that leads Dr. Hito to run to that machine and be like, ah, oh, Shibata! As it explodes, as Magenta's rampage leads him to go activate the machine because Gohan's probably whooping ass on the Gamma androids. And plus, he's got Piccolo as backup, so. We'll see. 16, the deadliest of all activates. So that kind of just lends itself to what I just said. Magenta's rampage leads him to push the button on the incubation machine. The deadliest of all, the threat that we think that we'll see at the end of this movie, maybe it'll come in the form of Cell, it activates, meaning it gets ready. I don't actually think that it'll come to fruition, but... Track 17, Gamma 2's Resolve. So... This, too, is an interesting one because a lot of people saw this and thought his resolve, does that mean that he's going to become a good guy? Is he going to flip spots on Gamma 1? That could be it. If we do, in fact, see a cell who needs to absorb these two androids, maybe this is the opportunity to show his resolve so that way Cell doesn't reach the uh, ultimate perfect peak or whatever. But... Just as easily, I could see this being Gamma 2. It just doesn't go down easy from the ass-kicking that Gohan and Piccolo are giving him. And I, I thought about this one probably more than most of the names on this list because I read it and right away I thought, oh man, he's going to flip. He's going to be a good guy and they'll try to keep him around for future stuff of Dragon Ball, which... Could be it, for sure. I would be cool if it was it. They had one be the evil one, the two, the second one sort of be conflicted and turn to the light side of the force. That'd be cool, I guess. But it could just as easily just be him taking an ass whooping and not going down. So I went back to try to find the scenes where they're visibly fighting these two characters, right? And there's one with them during the day, and then there's one with them at night. Or in the rain, really. And, and then there's also one with like a sort of a purple-ish background, which I imagine will like sort of culminate at the end of the movie. Whatever sort of weird background they've got going on. Like those are the three main consistent pieces. And in the first two, the day and then the rain fight scenes, I saw both androids. And then 
and the third one in this like purple cave looking space i don't really know i was looking around for both androids and i didn't spot them both and i was like oh okay maybe it's just the one is going to be evil and and two sacrifices himself returns or whatever and that's why i'm I'm only seeing shots of the first uh android gamo one i just hate seeing gamma is really what it is but i went down and slowed everything down frame by frame and piccolo throws a a big ass magango sampo a special beam cannon for you fucking american weebs at one of them and i was like which one is it and it's it's gamma two so he's I, I say all of that to say he's they're still fighting both of the androids at the end or presumably the conclusion of this film the the final culmination of these battles so i don't know if gamma 2's resolve which is the again the title of track 17 i don't know if that's indicative of him turning over to the light side of the force i think it's just going to be he's getting an ass whooping and he's not going down easy 18 this is where i get a little uh foggy i'm like who fucking knows who cares also, who cares? 18. Mysterious Light Rays. Well, y'all remember that Porygon episode of Pokemon? No, you don't. Because it got banned in America, and none of us have ever seen it, probably. But it gave, like, 700 kids seizures in Japan when it first aired or whatever. That's what I think of when I read the title, Mysterious Light Rays. And anyone who's familiar with Dragon Ball knows that sometimes... A, some mysterious shit happens. See the first Dragon Ball opening song, Makofushigi Adventure. Mysterious adventure, you gotta be kidding. Light rays, y'all motherfuckers throw key blasts around everywhere. Those are basically light rays with, with like, I don't know, some concussive elements to the attack. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's light and bright, but also it'll punch you in the mouth and knock your ass out. So, mysterious light rays could be literally anything. Who the fuck knows? 19. Preparedness. Adjective. Wait, is it an adjective? I think preparedness would actually be a noun because you're trying to like uh like I don't know, quantify or like sum up your own preparedness. Hmm. Prepared to whoop some ass, prepared to make a transformation. I I'm not sure what preparedness could be. It could be anything. It could be the gammas are prepared, it could be this phantom cell everyone think is gonna is gonna appear in this movie could be uh prepared. To absorb real quick. Hey, could be Gohan and Piccolo are prepared to fight and make a transformation themselves, which we know is going to happen. Preparedness is such an open ended title. I can't really draw anything from it. So I hope you enjoy my stupid speculation. Number 20, fight to the death. Or, excuse me, fight to death. There is no the. I imagine. During the course of this song, somebody will die, and immediately preceding that death will be a fight. 21, climax. <laughs> but I imagine that'll be that explosion of the machine. I think a lot of this movie will be about, again, just they've given us so much in these, these trailers, these visuals. They're typically not the sort of people to hold things back. Like, we'll still show up to see, like, the 20-30% they didn't show us in the in the spoilers for things, but if Cell was in this movie, they would have marketed Cell. He's one of the most popular characters in Dragon Ball. And to only market him 
in like a week or two leading up to the movie. Like it just doesn't make sense to me. Why would they do that? To make us feel more surprised. They don't give a fuck about us. This movie's going to sell. Anyway, 20 fight to the death, 21 climax. Haha, that's what she said. That'll be an explosion of sorts, whether that be uh, of the machinery type or the dick type. 22, towards tomorrow. So there was a cool little shot in one of these TV spots of, you know, the expl- I think I referenced it earlier. The explosion happens very clearly, but Pan, you know, dives towards Gohan. They have that cute little father-daughter moment where they hug and stuff. I imagine that's track 22. Towards tomorrow, where we won't have to deal with the Red Ribbon Army and these two gamma android fucks trying to kidnap my daughter, beat up my mentor, whatever the fuck else evil shit they were trying to do. You know what I mean? And then number 23, the end here, is called Superhero. So, no confirmation of that being a, uh, you know, a title track to the film. It could just be the ending credit song, but no in Dragon Ball, man. They're not going to have a movie without doing some sort of release for it. That's another part of the merchandising. That's another part of the advertisement for it. I bet you that Dragon Ball Roadshow on the 11th of June, they'll be like, this is it with some new footage in a kick-ass metal song called Superhero for the movie Dragon Ball Super Superhero. So if you just listen to all of these rants, right? I actually meant to say this at the front of the episode. But whatever, I don't give a fuck, it's gone. The people who showed up at the beginning who don't like me, they're gone. If any of this shit comes to fruition, I think you owe me to share this one with all your Dragon Ball friends. There's just so many people out there who I think are, I don't know, just like taking advantage of things that we know, taking it a step or two further, and then just hedging bets. Like whenever you try to allude to I have a scoop that I want to share with you guys that'll be perfect I just have to confirm it with my source why'd you put out the first one in the first place what happens if you don't confirm it with your source you just had a thousand Dragon Ball fans retweet this and now everyone thinks that Cell's going to be in this movie because you chose to capitalize the word perfect or you know cap lock the word perfect Mission accomplished for you, man. You've got your signal boosted. You've got your reach out there. And now you don't really have to be right because you've already couched the idea that you might be wrong with the fact that you still have yet to confirm it with your source. But maybe they'll check back in tomorrow or the next day to confirm. I just... I don't know, man. I know that it's a hustle. But... I just could never bring myself to do scumbag shit like that. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't want to say I'm a better person than them because I'm a terrible fucking person sometimes. But that level of behavior would never cross my mind because it's so easy to be proven wrong, you know? And like, I guess... The integrity of my word and what I share or talk about with you guys is more important than being the one to have speculated that Cell will be in the movie a few days in advance, get a bunch of boost from it, but then couch that take in, but I have to confirm it. Why the fuck did you put it out then if you didn't confirm it, Jackoff? You knew exactly what you said by picking the words that you picked. 
I, it's the same shit going back to Dragon Ball Super will be, Dragon Ball Super Season 2 will be released. I have it on good authority. It's been confirmed that it's already in production. Oh, do you? Well, guess what, dickhead? We are halfway through 2022. You very easily could have blamed the plague, but no. Things changed. Oh, it was already in production. You got a huge boost to sell some tickets for a convention you were hosting a month later. But things changed, weirdly. Okay. They all have a game they're playing. And I'm begging you. I'm fucking begging you. Try not to listen to these fucking cats, dude. Because honestly, whatever they do is... They're just reading translations of other people off Twitter. Other people who have access to things that come out in Japan a few hours, you know, because they... They'll pick up a print copy of or of it or whatever and scan it. Like they're just taking those people's translations and reporting it as news because they have a big reach. And then I, this isn't journalism, guys. This is my fucking point. Whoever this ends up reaching from all the content creating circles of Dragon Ball world, translations are one thing, I guess. But again, is that journalism or are you reading something in one language and then putting it out in another for a wider audience to be able to read? Is that journalism or is that just like translating some shit? I mean, sure, people launch you know, a bunch of stories or articles around those translations, but did you, did you find anything out or did you report exactly what the company gave you to speculate and or report on? And further speculation upon confirmed things that the marketing fucking department gives you from Toei does not a confirmation make. Stop. Fucking stop. Oh my Christ. All right. So before I get out of here, a few questions on Instagram. Some of them do relate to the movie. Some of them do not relate to the movie, which I thought would be a nice way to end it. Uh, if you don't follow me on Instagram, bitch, you should. At DB Super Dope. But we got a few questions, and uh, let's take a look. The first one's from my boy, I Love Turtles. He says, when they bring him back Jiren so they can get the justice, or they can get his justice. Interesting question, man. Be honest, though. Probably not for a long time, if ever at all. Jiren was not a very interesting protagonist. The concept of the Tournament of Power was very interesting and super engaging and very fun for us to watch as fans week to week. But as we got down to the end of the Tournament of Power, what kept us engaged was not the story of who this quote-unquote villain was because they botched that shit with his weak-ass Batman, my parents got killed story. They botched it pretty bad. But the animation sequences, the, the action sequences, the how beautiful that animation was, the songs, the music, that's the shit that kept us motivated or like engaged at the end of the T.O.P., not Jiren as a character. So I hope he does get to come back around sometime and get some justice. Where is his justice? You know what I mean? Uh, Reese, my boy, asks, Shenron's role in the new movie? And I sarcastically replied to him on Instagram, 
with I imagine he'll be granting a wish. Ha ha, ha ha. But yeah, for real, dude, they use Shenron for the stupidest fucking shit. Beginning of movie 13, Karudagarn movie, Tapion, they call that motherfucker up to open up a music box that was like, you know, magically sealed or whatever, but pretty nominal fucking task in the grand scheme of things when you consider everything that Shenron can do. That's just the M.O. Gohan will not be able to find Pan. He'll be freaking out. And it's way easier for him to collect the Dragon Balls and ask Shenron for a definitive location than to go out and find her himself. Uh, when is Dragon Ball Super Season 2 coming out? Ooh, I kind of talked about this one already. This one comes from my boy, Mo Jones, 55. Mo, my friend. In case you couldn't pick up on my uh, tone in the last few moments, uh, whoever tells you it's coming back, or like they have a scoop, they have an ungood authority, they don't fucking know. All right, dude, they're lying. They're just trying to get you to click on their shit. But I do have to think it'll be back before the year is up. The reason I think that is because one of the producers for Dragon Ball Super Superhero did make mention before the Toei hack, so I, I want to say it was like February, that the A, uh, the current manga arc with Granola will be wrapping up by like early spring. It hasn't done that yet, I think, because the movie got delayed. They padded out the Granola stuff a little bit. And then he made mention of like, we have another announcement to make, but I, I can't say anything yet. And I just have to imagine that the best way to kick off a series again for them would be to do a movie leading into it. Not like do this movie and then have an anime pick it up, but build hype around the property again by releasing a new movie in June. And then maybe in September, you've got a new season of Dragon Ball Super, which I hate that we're calling it seasons. I just, I don't know, people call it season two. I would just say it's on hiatus right now. You can't really call it seasons when they put out a new episode every single week for almost three years. Um, let's see. This one's from Lord Vegeta, 2001. When they drop in the new episode of Super Dragon Ball Hero... Let me try that again. When they drop in the new episode of Super Dragon Ball Hero... I don't fucking know. But I will tell you, Lord Vegeta and crew, coincidentally, it is my birthday in just a couple of days uh, on the 3rd. And for my birthday pod this year, I don't think I did one last year. Did I? Who cares? Uh, last year for the anniversary pod, me and some of the boys caught up on Super Dragon Ball Hero episodes. Uh, I don't want to do that for the anniversary this year. I don't know what I want to do for the anniversary in August this year, but I figured Super Dragon Ball Hero episode catch up is super overdue for this podcast and for me seems like a lot of wild shit's going on so i gotta watch it and that's what the uh plan is for my birthday celebration coming up this weekend so maybe they'll drop a new episode between now and then dog we'll see from funko's for me you think bulma did her own brazilian butt lift huh if by like did her own you mean she wished for it from shenron yeah I guess that counts. But do you think like she did her own surgery? Probably not. How would she get the scalpel like down by like how could she do that? And then she got to put the stuff in there at the same while she no, 
She didn't do it herself. Unless, unless, you know, science. Maybe she got like a ray gun that just lifts her ass. You know what I mean? Like, that'd be sick. And the last question I got for you guys uh, comes from our very own Victor O. Roman, super fan of the show, patron. We appreciate your, uh, we appreciate your patronage, Victor, my brother. Uh, he asked me, Hey, where the fuck three's at? Well, shut your mouth when I tell you about making all that dang on noise. What the hell is wrong with you? Make no damn sick. Not a bad. So, I'm not sure what he means. I'm not sure if he means in the movie or if he means in the manga. In the movie, I don't think he's really in the movie. They'll have a quick reference shot to him to be like, Hey, Broly, isn't it so wild? Frieza tried to make you kill us. And there's a quick shot to Frieza. That's it. And the manga, I also don't think he's going to show up. Unless they do another flashback to the Bardock on Planet Serial stuff, which I don't think they will because Granola wrapped that whole story up with saying as soon as he felt better or was back on his feet, he left the planet. I don't think there's any more flashback left for Bardock. Uh, the reason I think Frieza would show up there is because we know as Bardock's finishing up that fight that Frieza is about to land on the planet. There's no reason to believe he's going to show up on Planet Serial in current day timeline while Goku and Vegeta are fighting gas. So I don't think he'll factor into this story as he, he, he very well could have. I mean... I don't know. I guess like I kind of do still like that idea of, you know, his influences was enough to drive a lot of the story and people's motives for revenge and stuff. But so many plot lines have been dropped in this manga arc that it just it's it's been frustrating for me and I'm very much ready for it to be over. Uh, it's pretty sad when I'm more excited for Dragon Ball Super Superhero than I am for the next uh, manga chapter, especially when that could be the conclusion of a fucking arc. Like, I'm just so ready for it to be done. If you haven't listened to any of the uh, chapter reviews we've done each month, I usually do that with my buddies GB and Rayshon. Uh, you can check those out on the feed, but that pretty much does it for the Dragon Ball stuff for this episode. Uh, as I did say, it's my birthday this weekend, so I'll be doing that and having a good time. Uh, thank you guys for supporting. And if you want to support further, patreon.com slash Dragon Ball Super Dope. Uh, like 150 extra unedited podcasts, lots of video, lots of uh, extra pods that have never been made public. Um, original Dragon Ball, some uh, My Hero Academia, all of Death Note, all that stuff. There's a ton there. But the other thing I wanted to say real quick before I wrapped, right? This Obi-Wan shit going on. First two episodes, right? So I'm I'm gonna try not to spoil anything, right? Because in case you haven't watched it yet, go watch it. It's fun. One thing is, they're really sticking to that Mandalorian dynamic, huh? Title character and then another one. And don't get me wrong, I'm very happy to have that other one. But that chase scene, man, that shit was embarrassing. It's unwatchable. I was embarrassed for them. I shouldn't feel embarrassed. They should feel embarrassed for me. I know how I live, and I know how much money they put into that goddamn show. They should feel embarrassed for me for having watched that shitty embarrassing scene. Anyway, that's really been my only problem with it. Outside of, of course, because Dragon Ball and Star Wars fans are perpetually in a fucking death struggle to prove which of us is the goddamn worst. Lots of racist comments about 
the evil character. You guys get so mad that there's a villain who's a woman, a black woman, who's not a Jedi with a lightsaber, that a bunch of fucking white supremacists of fucking course sent her a bunch of death threats over the weekend because we live in America and... I don't know, some fucking how it's like we still live in the 1940s of America or the 1950s. It's so fucking frustrating. And like, I just, I don't know, want to point it out real quick. Cause like, I, I think people, I always get a little concerned that like during the election season, people were like, oh, look at this social justice warrior playing a fucking thing for a season. Cause he's upset about the elections. I pay attention a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot to politics that I, I don't even want to comment how much political shit I consume. But it always makes me really fucking mad when the things that I try to escape that shit from, or escape that, escape to from that bullshit is what I should say. So, you know, a thing like Star Wars, a thing like Dragon Ball. Whenever I try to escape from the political bullshit to those things that I love and enjoy, and that shit also influences or interjects itself into that sphere. Because a fucking black woman in the year 2022 played a villain that you didn't like because she's a good actor and you're not supposed to like villains, you fucking chuds. It's just like ultra aggravating to me. And it's like the same question I ask myself with a lot of Dragon Ball fans, especially when the Vic stuff went down a couple years ago. I'm like, what is it that I enjoy about Dragon Ball that you enjoy about Dragon Ball? Like, what draws us to this property? Like, why do we both like the same thing? And in a lot of cases, it proved to be we appreciated or liked different things about the series. Or the, it doesn't even have to be Dragon Ball, right? Could be anything. I like uh, the dynamics between characters over time and how they go from being enemies to best buds, or even though they still kind of want to kill each other. I like shit like that. Other people just like big, thick boy, yelling, muscled up, roided freaks who punch through mountains. You know, we obviously do not appreciate the same things about Dragon Ball. Stop being racist pieces of shit. If this just offended you or made you feel like I was attacking you, good. And I'll see you next week. Rate and subscribe to Dragon Ball Super Dope wherever you get your podcast. Oh, also Sword Saki Sex. Sword Sexy Saki? I don't know. Join the Discord. You'll have a point of reference for what that means. Goodbye. Dragon Ball is full of sex, swords, and Saki.